Morning. How you guys doing this morning? Some of you are wondering why there's a screaming section over there. I bring my own cheering section with me wherever I go. Because they make me feel good about myself, and, and that's why they're here. And so that's... I love you guys. You're so awesome. If you haven't guessed, my name is Madam, the youth pastor here at Rock Family. Been the youth pastor here for the last five years. And for some of you who may be newer, I talk fast. Uh, that is two reasons. One, that's less time I'm talking. Um, I'm hungry too. And, uh, and the extraordinary amounts of caffeine just kind of help along with that. But I, I always have to give a shout out to my favorite team that serves over here every single Sunday because give it, give it up. Give it up. Because when I'm up here, they've got their work cut out for them. Uh, and so I just want to let them know I appreciate them and try to remember that they're here trying to support because I just get going. Um, last week, we started a series, a new series. If you were here last week, Love Revolution. How many of you know that love can absolutely change this world? This world needs to see and to know what God's love is all about. The word revolution uh, means a sudden, radical, and complete change. And I believe that this world can see and experience a sudden, radical, and complete change when they experience God's genuine love. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, is the power of genuine love. And so just to kind of get it started, I just want to just kind of compare imitation versus something that's genuine. There's a lot of imitation things out in the world. I've got just a handful of things just to kind of help represent um, that this morning. If, if I'm showing anything and you're like, I'm offended, good. Uh, just it's, I'm the youth pastor. That's my job. Um, if you buy imitation soda because uh, you're on a budget, man, there's somewhere else that you can be saving some money to get, to get real Coke because... It says bubble fizz gulp. When they've got to describe the process of drinking soda on their label, something's wrong. Uh, if this is a thing for you, then that's awesome. After third service, you can come and get it. But spam, we're just going to qualify this as imitation food, yes? I know some of you, you're like, I like spam. I remember when I was a kid, too. We went camping, and we had it. We thought it was a treat. Nope. Nope. It is now a game we use at youth ministry. And we don't cook at first. It's awesome. The jelly part is, is my favorite part. Uh, for those of you who drink coffee, um, this, we're just going to qualify this as imitation. Is, is that okay? I mean, you don't have to buy the super crazy expensive coffee, but please taste, buy coffee that tastes like coffee. I'm going to use it. Can I, can I, can I, I'm going to, this coffee, I'm a youth pastor, so I'll get away with this. Uh, toilet water. Okay. Um, <laughs> If you buy that brand, then that, that's awesome. But that's, I just don't understand, uh, especially if you drink large quantities. Uh, imitation, uh, we're just going to qualify this as imitation. I know you probably can't see it. Valentine's Day, so finding this was, wasn't too difficult. But this is, I, I love chocolate-covered pretzels. I really do. But white chocolate is not chocolate. There is no chocolate of any kind in white chocolate. It tastes terrible. Uh, I'll pray for you. If anybody, after third service, I am done with these illustrations. So if you're like, I like white chocolate pretzels. After third service, come and take them. I'll pray for you. Pray for deliverance. Imitation jewelry. Anybody ever buy imitation jewelry before? You're like, oh, that looks nice, but I can't afford the real thing. So I'll buy the fake one. Um, and then like your hands like green, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And, or you take it into a jewelry, you know, to have it cleaned. And like, well, you bought a really nice fake, you know, piece of jewelry. And that was the end of that relationship. And so 
imitation because imitation is always going to leave you a little bit empty this morning. I was, I was, cause it's second service and I'm starting to get hungry. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real thing. And so I started to think about food and the, the restaurants that are right around here. And if you've ever gone through like McDonald's drive through that's imitation food. I know it satisfies in the moment, but I've never met anybody that was like 10 minutes later going, that was a good decision. Never. Never was that ever a good decision. In the moment, you're like, this is amazing. No, it's, it's, that's imitation. And that's what imitation does in your life is it's going to leave you empty. And that, this world has a lot of imitation love. It really does. It's, it's not going to satisfy. It may help in a moment, a moment of, of hurt, a moment of, of desperation, but it's never going to truly satisfy where genuine love is life-changing because it's unconditional and expects nothing in return. God gives genuine love to us unconditionally without any strings or any attachments because he himself is love. And I love the fact that we have the option to accept it or reject it. But even if we do reject God and his love, it doesn't change how he feels about us or what he would be willing to do for us. Many of you are familiar with this, with this first verse, John 3, 16, but I'm also going to read verse 17. A lot of Christians don't like verse 17. It says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. We like that part. Verse 17. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. A lot of people are like, don't worry, Jesus. Don't worry about the judging thing. I got that. I'll take care of it. No, no problem. Because a lot of Christians are really good at the judging thing. But even Jesus didn't come to judge the world first. He came to save. And if that was Jesus's mission was to, was to save, shouldn't we have that same mission to save the world, to see the world come to know Jesus? He gave because he loved he loved. Romans 5, verse 6 through 8. I'm going to kind of focus on this a little bit this morning. It said, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You, you may know, but God gave us life, but then he, God gave us his son so that we could have a new and eternal life. He came down to our level because we could never reach his. Every other religion in the world is, is about reaching God, but we could never achieve it. So he had to come down to our level. God showed his love for us, not because we deserved it, not because we would return it, not because he, we would even be thankful or, or change, but because he is Love. You're going to hear that a lot this morning. God is love. Genuine love. The love that we're talking about this morning, the kind that, that God is, doesn't love if, love but, love only, love unless, love until. Genuine love loves no matter what. Look what it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 35. It says, I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way that our Father lives toward us generously and graciously. Even when we're at our worst, our Father is kind. You be kind. I think you can take just about any quality, any trait that God is and input that into that phrase. I don't think it's going to change his command. You be kind because God is kind. We need to be merciful because God is merciful. We need to be loving because God is loving. Look what it says in Romans 12. It says, love each other 
with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So then what does genuine love look like when it is active in our life? That's the thought I want to explore for the next few minutes. Number one, first thing I want you to write down is genuine love gives to those who least expect it and least deserve it. Least expect it and least deserve it. We read a few moments ago that when we were helpless, God came at just the right time. Have you ever been caught doing something that you knew you weren't supposed to be doing? Ever been caught? And I know some of you are like, well, I've been caught eating the last of the ice cream like in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm, I've been caught eating the last of Nutella because my goodness, that was, when I discovered that, I discovered what heaven tastes like right, right there. <laughs> Even to the fact where I hide it in the cupboards in my house and they come in, we didn't know we had it. We did because <laughs> it's gone now. But have you ever been caught doing something? Have you ever been caught? I don't know if you guys can see this picture, so I'm just going to show you this, this video. It's about a five-minute video, but I'm just going to show you about a minute of it. I think you'll get the idea. Anybody have kids? Anybody have kids ever caught them doing something? All right, let's watch this. Whose idea was this? Did you think this was a good idea? Look at brother's face. Who got the paint out? Brother did? How did no? How'd he get it? He did he built with stairs, did he? He what? He built with stairs. He built the stairs? Yes, did he? With what? With blocks. With blocks? Yes, he built the stairs, did he? How come you didn't tell him no? Who's the big brother? You are. How come you didn't tell him no? That wasn't a good idea. Huh? Are you guys in trouble? Adorable, unless it's your house. <laughs> this video goes on for a few more minutes, and, and the, the dad is, you know, you know, we're gonna, you know, what, what should the punishment be? And he, you know, says a couple of things. And but as the video goes, uh, the you can hear the father is trying to hold back laughter. <laughs> it, it, He's trying, I mean, it's, but it didn't just happen, if you watch the video, it didn't just happen in, in the bathtub. They found the paint, like, in the garage, and the paint got tracked from the garage through the house to the bathtub. That is where they were caught. And, but as, as you can hear the video, you can hear that the dad is not, like, exactly pleased, you know, in the moment, but you can tell that he still loves his kids. They were doing something dumb. Uh, there's probably going to be some, some punishment in, involved in the process, but you can tell he still loves his kids because the father loves his children. And I think that's one thing that I want, I want you to, to get this morning is there's been times that we've been caught doing something. We didn't expect God's love. We certainly didn't deserve God's love, but God's love was still poured out in our life. Let's look at one example in, uh, in John chapter eight and verse three. Jesus, as he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. 
what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Caught, but yet shown mercy. I think some people would have, you know, told Jesus, hey, you know, she deserves justice. You know, justice needs to be served right now. She, she needs to be condemned. Some people might have told Jesus, you know what, uh, you just need to tell everybody else just, you know, to mind their own business and just comfort the woman. This clearly is the lifestyle, you know, that she chose. And who is anyone else to say that what she is doing is, is wrong? If that's the lifestyle that she wants to live, then that should be totally fine. But what, what was Jesus doing? He wasn't condoning adultery. He wasn't saying that the lifestyle was okay. He did correct her. But don't you think that her life was changed from that day on? Don't you think that her day, that her life was changed, not only because she wasn't executed, but because she experienced genuine love, probably for the first time. Genuine love. She didn't deserve it. She didn't expect it. But because she received love, her life would be forever changed. I don't know about you, but I think there's such a temptation when we're not walking with God to just keep walking away. Like, well, I'm just, I mean, I've made a mess. I might as well just keep making a mess. But it's in those moments of weakness at just the right time, I believe that Jesus wants to show his love to you. Jesus loved people when they least expected it, least deserved it. But now it's our turn. Now it's our time to share that love with someone else, to love those who least expect it and least deserve it. Number two, write this down. Genuine love changes our worst day into our best day. Changes our worst day into our best day. I've, I've had some bad days, and there might be a handful of days that I would use to describe, you know, as maybe my worst day. This is kind of a silly example, but if you can see, you know, on, on, on the screen, uh, that, is a, that is a van with a couple of five-gallon buckets of paint that did not survive the trip. I would qualify that as, as, as a bad day. If, if, if I was driving and that happened, that would, that would be a, a bad day because that is a huge mess. But some of the bad days weren't just that kind of a thing. It was things that I had done in my life. But God doesn't say, you know what, you need to clean up your act and then come see me. He's saying while we were at our worst, God is at his best. When we were at our worst, Christ died for us. Most people are really good when they're at their best. You remember back to your first date, to your first date. And, and I'm talking to the guys. I mean, you actually wore clothes that were like washed. And, and cleaned. Not like, I think I can get one more day out of this. I mean, showered and cleaned, like teeth brushed, like you were polite, using manners, opening doors, um, you know, all of those wonderful things that when you got married, you're like, is that still a requirement? Yes, it is. I'm surprised there wasn't more amens than the one lady, but that's okay. <laughs> Pastor Aaron, you got your work cut out for you in marriage counseling. So counseling other people, not you two. I'm going to move on. But human love, how many of you guys know human love tends to be reactive where God's love is proactive? 
God takes the initiative and he loves us. If anything else, the crucifixion shows just how much God is willing to pay for us. He shows the value that he, that he puts on every single person. So I would say that not loving someone the way that God loves them is devaluing the price that Jesus paid. Not loving someone the way that Jesus loves is saying that the price that he paid wasn't worth it. Let's look at this conversation that, that takes place. We're gonna, while Jesus was on the cross, two people, uh, two thieves, two criminals hanging next to him. Let's look at this story. Mark chapter 15 and verse 32 it says it like this. Let this Messiah... This king of Israel come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. Even the men crucified with him ridiculed him. Let's look at the same story. Luke chapter 23, verse 39. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you'll be with me in paradise. What changed between these two conversations? You've got two men, both scoffing, both, both mocking, and then one just a short time later saying, will you remember me? Will you forgive me? There's, there's something that took place between these two conversations. I'm going to go back a couple of verses in Luke 23, verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Something changed in the heart of one man. He, they were both mocking, but then he saw genuine love being shared from Jesus while he was dying on a cross saying, Father, forgive them. Something changed in one of those men's hearts to ask, will you remember me? Will you remember me? Today, Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. I would say his worst day became his best. His absolute worst day, the last day of his life, as he's being executed, was about to become his best day because he would be with his Savior in heaven. Understand that you can change someone's worst day into their best. Someone might be having their worst day of life, but God's genuine love from you to them can change their worst day into their best. That type of love is highly contagious because it continues to change. I know uh, when, as a part of the youth ministry program on, on, on Sunday mornings as well, but on Wednesday nights, we dedicate a significant portion um, of our service uh, to having small groups. We have incredible uh, worship. We've got pretty decent teaching, I hope. And then but we, have, we, we, we dedicate as much time in our small groups as we do to teaching because we believe in, in the small groups that their lives are truly being impacted. And we've got some incredible small group leaders, most of them sitting on this side of the, on this side of the room uh, right now. And I mean, we've got some incredible ones because, you know, some of the teenagers have some pretty bad days. And I mean, it's, you know, middle school and middle school and high school are just tough. I mean, they're, they're just tough. And, you know, so they go through tough days. And I was talking to my daughter yesterday, one of my daughters, Haven, yesterday. And uh, she had a, this last year, she'd had a pretty, you know, rough day, had some, you know, disagreements with some friends and then went to her basketball practice. And at basketball practice, the basketball hit her in the face like, like three times, um, just, you know, being passed to and, and whatnot, had like three bloody noses in the, pro that's a pretty bad day. But then comes to youth and gets to go through the worship and the teaching, but then sits in small group and has the other students in her small group and her small group leader just Pouring God's love into their life. 
And we'll absolutely, that's why we have small groups on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings. That's why we've got, when, you know, small groups thrive for all the adults every single Wednesday night because you can experience God's genuine love. That's why we have those. We want God's genuine love to change you so you can leave and change someone else's life as well. First John 4 said, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. When you spend time with the Father, when, when his love is being poured into your life, you can't help but begin to love other people. When you're touched by God's love, it'll impact every area of your life and overflow onto those around you. Number three, write this down. Genuine love looks for opportunities, not problems. Genuine love looks for opportunities, not problems. There's a huge difference. I mean, it's just kind of a mindset. When I, I worked at a, at a hotel for a period of time after high school and um, while I was going to a trade school, and while I was working there, we weren't allowed to use the word problem. We had to use the word challenge because problem kind of, you know, puts a whole different connotation on the situation. There's some people in our life you may consider a problem. It's, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity, and we'll get there in just a minute because let's be honest, when God looks at us, he doesn't see a problem. Sees an opportunity. So we need to have his eyes and his heart to share that genuine love. First John 3, verse 15 says this, Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for brothers and sisters. Will you give up your life? It says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. When you feel like loving someone the least, that's probably when they need it, when they need it the most. Because there's some people you just, you just don't want to love because some people are just not easy to love. But because you don't feel like loving them doesn't mean they don't need it. They probably need it the most. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Some people see a problem child. Some people see a problem teenager. Some people see a problem coworker, a problem spouse. So stop seeing a problem and start seeing an opportunity to show love. Maybe that person is angry because they've been hurt or betrayed. Maybe that person isolates themselves because they just simply don't want to be hurt again. Maybe that person's never seen or experienced God's love. What an opportunity to be able to share and show God's love. So when you look at someone, do you see a problem or do you see an opportunity? Number four, genuine love does not seek to appease, but to speak truth. Does not seek to appease, but to speak truth. I love that quote, you can't handle the truth. That's why this is up here, not super spiritual movie, but you understand the point. How many of you guys have seen, seen, seen this movie? I want the truth, you can't handle the truth. See, some of you are, are just, uh, I, so, some of us, I, I know, I know, I know, are more than willing to tell people truth. You're re we're really good at telling people exactly what they need to hear. You, you got some issues, okay. Because some people need, I mean, everyone needs the truth, but it's the love that is important. Here, Jesus is about to have a conversation with a young man who needs the truth, but he needs love as well. Mark chapter 10, verse 21, it says, looking at the man, 
he felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. See, there, there, was, there was truth in the statement. There was some heart issues that this young man was struggling with. But Jesus felt genuine love as he spoke the truth. I love what it says in Ephesians 4.15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Both of those are important, truth and love. It is important to speak the truth and love. A lot of people are really good at speaking truth, and they forget about the love. They just need to tell people exactly what they need to hear. Some people are really good at loving, just kind of comforting and making somebody feel all good, but we kind of leave out some truth because we don't want to hurt, we don't want to offend. But people need to hear the truth. Because it's, it's going to help them. It's going to protect them. It's going to keep them safe. How many of you ever watched the TV shows like American Idol? So you think you can dance any of the, the thousands of TV shows that are like that? America's Got Talent? If those, have, you seen, have you guys seen these shows? Okay, just making sure it's not me. Some people go out on the stage and they, they perform. And clearly, no one loves them. Because no one has ever told them the truth. Ever. My friends tell me I can sing. They lied to you, <laughs> or you don't have friends, or they simply wanted to see you go on national television and make a fool of yourself for the pure entertainment value that that was going to create. But how many of you know, we, we need people to speak the truth into our life all the time so that we can grow and become more and more like him. That friend that you have with the overspending habits and the mountains of debt, they need truth and probably Financial Peace University. But... <laughs> How about the married friend that you have that flirts with other people? They need, they need truth and probably a slap. If, if the Bible says to lay hands on. I'm just kind of taking it, you know, to the next level. How about the parent who makes excuses for their child? They need God's truth. How about the spouse with the temper? They need God's truth. But they all, all of those, yes, we need to speak truth, but we have to remember to speak with genuine love. Christ calls us to be peacemakers. For a, long, for a long time, I thought that Christ had called us to be peacekeepers. But how many of you know there's an incredible difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper? Peacekeepers just try, you know, just kind of trying to make it everything quiet and everybody just kind of get along. Peacemakers are going to be like, you two sit in a room, figure things out. Not that that's you know, bringing back some painful memories of my childhood. But we need to, people need to experience peace. People need to experience peace. They need to know the truth. We don't seek to appease, but to speak truth. Number five in the last one, genuine love is always active and available. Always active, always available, because love is a decision. It's not just a feeling. It's not just an emotion. Love is not a fall. We say we fall in love. I've fallen into a lot of things. I've talked to like three people out in the lobby after first service, fall, three people falling downstairs. I get that. I understand that. I've fallen into a ditch. How many of you, I'm not, not going to ask, but maybe I shouldn't ask for a show of hands. Fallen into a ditch. Of course, I was on a motorcycle going 50 miles an hour. Uh, it was my first and last time uh, doing that. And so, I mean, I've, I've fallen into a lot of things, but, I've, but falling in, in, in love, if you can fall in love, that means you can fall out of love. It's a decision that we make. God asks for nothing in your life. Some people, you know, will say, well, you know, once I get my, my life turned around, then I'm going to come back to God. 
I just kind of clean myself up and I'll come back to church. I'm just going to kind of get some things right. I don't want to go to small group because I've got some issues in my life. I don't want to, I've got, just, just come back. God is not asking for you to get fixed because we can't do that. We can't earn God's love. We can't buy God's love. We don't deserve God's love, but God gives it to us freely anyway. Genuine love uh, that, that God gives is based upon the giver, not the receiver. That's how God loves us. So stop trying to make other people earn your love. I, I would say it like this. I'm, you know, you saw the picture of, of uh, did, I, did I show you guys the picture of my family in the service? Did I show you? Can you, can, Jen, can you go back and put that picture of my family? So this is, here's my, my, my wonderful family, my older daughter, Ruby, my younger daughter, Haven, and my, my son, my little, my, I love my boy, Judah. Oh my goodness. You guys heard my story, but he's, he's four months old now, and I just, I love every moment and every opportunity um, that, I, that I get to have him. And uh, one of my favorite things right now uh, is, is he's, he's pretty, he's usually, he's usually pretty active. Uh, he's usually pretty active. He, he can sit in the same spot for a couple of minutes and then, then he wants to be, then he wants to move. And, you know, he's, he's got some, he's got some good attitudes and then he's got some attitudes he got from his mother and we're working on that. But GD, I'm just kidding. I love you, baby. Uh, but one of my favorite things with, with Judah right now is, is as I'm sitting and holding him, uh, he'll, he may be looking out as he's kind of calm and um, he'll every once in a while, by, by every once in a while, I mean by like every 15 or 20 seconds, when, I, when, he's, when he's sitting on me, he just kind of look up and just kind of see that I'm still there. And I mean, every life, that is like, I mean, I'm like tearing up like every 15 seconds. He's looking up, just going, yep, still there. Yep, still there. But I know, I know that feeling in my life because as I've gone through my life, sometimes I'm like, God, are you still, are you still there? Are you, are you still there? God's, God's right there. Yes, I'm still here. Yes, you've, you've made a mess. Yes, you've made some mistakes. Yes, you've wandered away. But yes, I'm still here. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. Though that's who we really are, but that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. Well, I think we can show the world what God's genuine love looks like. Let's show the world what he's up to. You can reject God. You can curse God. You can act as if God doesn't exist. You can't, but you cannot make him love you any less. So there's no end to that kind of love. It's kind of a long passage, but I love this passage in Ephesians 3, talking about God's love. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God's love is so beyond anything that we could ever imagine, and it gives us strength to go day to day. But sometimes I know it's, it's tough to allow God uh, to love us. His love is there, but sometimes we just make it a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. I love what John Orberg said. He said, all the power in the world cannot unlock the door of the human heart. 
it must be opened from the inside. I know every single Sunday morning, every single Wednesday night, we've got people that come to this church, they've, they've locked the door of their heart because somebody is hurt, someone has betrayed, something has gone on in their life, their, their door is, is locked up, God is, is right there. Will you this morning open up your heart to allow God's love to invade your life? There's many people in here this morning, I believe in my heart, that are ready to receive God's genuine love. Maybe you're like, man, I, I know God's love. I, I know God's love. I, I know his love is a part of my life. And let me encourage you with this last scripture in Ephesians 5. It says, observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Will you stand with me as we get ready to close this morning? I know there's, there's a lot of people in here uh, this morning. You, I mean, you're part, of, you're part of Rock Family. That is exciting. God, you've opened up your heart to God. His love has invaded your life at some moment. But don't just let it be a prayer that you prayed some years ago. Allow God's love to change your heart every single day so that we can love like that. But I know there's some people that, that come through these doors every single Sunday morning that you have, you've heard about God's genuine love. We read that verse just a few moments ago in Ephesians. says that you, But you can't understand fully. It's not something that you can just hear about God's love and know. But he wants you to fully know, to fully experience, to live with his love. If you've never received God's love into your life. We want to give you that opportunity right now. I'm just going to count to three. When I say three, if you're like, I need that kind of genuine love to invade my life. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, you re you're ready to receive uh, God's love. You've heard this call. You've heard this invitation, but this morning, you know that this is your time. Two, maybe you've been putting it off. Maybe you've walked away at some point. You've been trying to clean up your life, but you know this morning, now is the time. If that's you, three, will you just raise your hand right where you're at? Someone's going to come alongside and just pray a very simple prayer with you and reintroduce you to our loving Father. If that's you this morning, will you just raise your hand right where you're at? Is there anybody in here this morning? You need to know God's genuine love. Is anybody in here this morning? All right, let me pray for you one last time and then Pastor Rod's going to come. Father, we thank you for your love that will invade our heart, that will invade our life. As we walk out these doors this morning, we know that we're not just leaving a building, but we're going out into our mission field to share, to show your genuine love. We thank you for this morning in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching. I hope the Word of God is changing your life and you're being blessed and ministered to by participating in our services and enjoying the sermons that you see here online. If by chance that you've never made a commitment and a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, would you take a moment right now and repeat this prayer with me and take that leap of faith and put your trust in God? Pray with me now. Dear loving God, Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross and paid the penalty for my sins. And I invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father, for saving me and loving me in Jesus' name. And just like that, you're adopted into the family of God. 
If you live in Colorado Springs or are going to be in the area, we invite you to join us at one of our two campuses. Our Woodman campus is at 4005 Lee Vance Drive. That is at the Woodman and Rangewood intersection. And our South Campus is located at 262 South Academy. Join us at either one of those locations. Check the website for service times. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.